So he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob, he's our fortress. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that we would be still. I pray that we would be so still that we would recognize that all our hope is to be found in you and in you alone. And God, we commit the rest of this service to you. God, thank you for the beauty of the songs that we've sung, the the power of the lyrics that have, have turned our hearts toward you. God, I pray that as we look into your word, that you would speak deeply into our hearts. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning. It is good to see you. You may be seated. Well, it is good to have you here this morning. Thanks. Uh, if you uh, have a Bible handy, you'll want to turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1. We'll be there in a, in a few moments. I want to make uh, probably the understatement of the month, if not the understatement of the year. And here it is. In uncertain times, we realize we're not in control. Now, aren't you glad you came this morning? In uncertain times, it's in, <clears throat> it's in uncertainty that we realize that we are not in control. But I've got some great news. God is control. In fact, here is the hypothesis for Advent 2020. And the hypothesis that we want to place before you is this. It's in the holy uncertainty where God does his best work. Think about that for a moment. It's in holy uncertainty, and the important part we're going to talk about is that whole idea of holiness, of God being there. It's that holiness, it's in, it's in the holy uncertainty where God does his best work within us. And that is the story of Christmas, right? God with us. That is God's entry to say, I'm with you and I will be with you. Glenn Packham puts it this way, we're not in control, but we're loved and pursued by the one who is. So what I want us to do is look at our focus for Advent 2020, and I have been uh, so excited to, to get to this point, because we're going to talk about what it means to live in the holy uncertainty. So let me define what holy uncertainty is. Holy uncertainty is the capacity to live with a very loose grip, or no grip at all, on our plans, and more importantly, on the outcome of our plans, because our security is rooted in a relational connection to God, not in a false sense of control. That is screenshot worthy, people. And what this is going to say is that holy uncertainty is the capacity to live with a very loose grip or, a, or no grip at all, on our plan, and, and even more so on our plans, and even furthermore on the outcome. To, can, can you imagine? And name your uncertainty. It, it doesn't matter. It could be COVID. It could be business. It could be relational issues. Whatever is uncertain in your life. But when you think about this, whatever is uncertain in your life at this particular point, holy uncertainty, allowing God to come in and transform that uncertain moment, that uncertainty. It is an opportunity to say, I want to live in such a way that I have a very loose grip or even no grip at all on this uncertain time of my life. And I'll even go further to say, I'll even put the outcome and the plans in God's hands. Who doesn't want to sign up for that? 
So what we're going to do is we're going to be looking at what the Bible has to say about this. And so the reason that hypothesis that I mentioned earlier, the hypothesis being it's in the holy uncertainty where God does his best work. How do I know that to be true? It's because it's going to be found in Luke chapter 1 and Luke chapter 2 as we work through it in this month. And an old saying, which is still true, that I grew up with uh, says this, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And so God does his best work in the midst of uncertainty, and it is, a, it is a truth. And the reason I'm saying it's going to be a truth is because we're going to help us find it in Scripture this morning and over the next several weeks. And if God says it, then we believe it, and that ought to settle it. Simple, not easy, right? So here's what we want us to do. Another way to look at it is Hebrews 11.1. 1. This is from the message paraphrase. It says, this trust in God... This faith is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. Handle on uncertainty. Now, already if you're staying with me, you're thinking, all right, that's a paradox. You just said have, have no grip at all. But this whole idea of a handle on the uncertainty actually means a handle on God who is capable of bringing good out of uncertainty in our lives. Or Amy Lykosh puts it this way. The supernatural is God's natural. We should live in it and expect it. I want you to kind of mull that over for just a moment. That the supernatural is God's natural. And most of the time when we live in uncertainty, it is things that are out of our control because if they were in our control, there wouldn't be uncertainty anymore, right? So you're thinking, I need the presence of God. I need a miracle. I need a, a movement of God that is much greater than anything I can do because if I could control it, I would have already controlled it. And so what Amy Lykosh simply says is, this supernatural God that we are calling holy, holy uncertainty, the holiness of inserting God in uncertainty in our lives, this supernatural God, that's natural for him. Therefore, we should live in it and expect it. So over the next four weeks of Advent, beginning with today, we're going to have an, uh, an inward challenge and an outward challenge. The inward challenge will have you uh, discuss questions with your household or your community group. It'll have you to do some extra things uh, to make sure that you take, uh, take to heart what we've talked about uh, here in the passage today and then over the next three weeks as well. We're also going to have an outward challenge. And the outward challenge is going to be now that you've inwardly embraced it, now how do you live it out in a practical way? So there will be four ways we do, uh, we do this. Week one, and you will receive this. Week one, we have ornaments available for everybody. And so let me just quickly say for those of you that are uh, here present, uh, as you leave this morning, we have a packet for you with all four ornaments on each ornament. It has Advent, Advent week one uh, challenge, inward. It tells you what to do on the inward. You turn it around, and it has uh, outward challenge, and you can take, take it and embrace it and make sure that you're applying what you've learned. It also has a nice little circle here, so you can use it as a tree ornament and put it on your tree and be reminded of what the challenge is as we work through our, uh, our Advent challenge. For those of you online, we have them available to you, and 
Uh, we're going to be mailing them out Monday morning. If you live outside Lancaster in another state, uh, then if you will email us at office at newcupchurch.org, we'll be glad to drop one in the mail to you. Office at newcupchurch.org, and we'll be glad to mail that to you. But we'll be mailing out uh, those for those of you online. Uh, we'll make sure that we get those in your hands. Uh, I can't wait for the outward challenge to, be ch uh, to give you in just a few moments. Uh, but it is going to be a game changer because we want you to realize that God does his best work in times of uncertainty. And that's what we're going to look at today. So let me also give you one other uh, bit of information that will help us draw all of our Advent uh, season together. Instead of using a version study uh, for the church-wide church reading, what we're going to do is ask beginning Tuesday, December 1st, that you take Luke, the book of Luke, which we're in uh, through this month, but you take Luke 1 on day 1, Luke 2 on day 2, and on through uh, December 24th. You will finish the book of Luke on Christmas Eve, which will help you to celebrate the birth of uh, of Jesus Christ, having read his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, and you'll be so grateful for the Christmas season, so it will take you uh, through one chapter a day. Get it? Good. Okay. So let me quickly jump us back into our, uh, our, our statement, and then we'll jump into our passage. Holy uncertainty is the capacity to live with a very loose grip or no grip at all. And again, don't hydroplane over that. Can you imagine living life in uncertain times with a loose grip or no grip at all and trusting in God to do something bigger than just what you're doing? To have no grip at all on our plans or more important, importantly on the outcomes of our plans because our security is rooted in a relational connection to God, not in a false sense of control. We are not advocating that Jesus is a lucky rabbit's foot at, by any stretch. What we're saying is that Jesus Christ wants to have a relationship with us, and it's in that relationship that he is able to carry us through uncertain times. And so we come back to this. God is with us. We're in this together in holy uncertainty. So Luke 1 is where we're going to uh, jump in, uh, beginning with verse 5. And here's the, the, what we're addressing today. Living in holy, holy uncertainty in the middle of disappointment. Living in holy uncertainty in the middle of disappointment. And most of us who are in un, have uncertain things going on, if they don't play out, there can be disappointment. So how can we live in holy uncertainty, putting our hope and trust in God and not uh, being flattened by disappointment. So those of you that are control enthusiasts, uh, this is going to be a difficult uh, series for you. But uh, I'm the president right now of control enthusiasts, and so I'm with you through this season. Let me give you the takeaway, because you control enthusiasts may have already clicked out and said, no, thank you. Not for me. I want to be in control. Let me give you the, uh, the takeaway, and then I'll build up uh, to uh, give you substantiation for it. Your present uncertainty, whatever it is, your present uncertainty is the perfect environment for God to do amazing work in you 
through you and around you. In uncertainty, this is what's amazing, is with the presence of God in all uncertainty, it is the perfect environment for him to do amazing work in you, through you, and around you. So let's look at Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 5. Let me give you a quick background. It was a dark day for Israel. 400 years they have not had a prophetic voice and word from God. 400 years. Religious leaders were exhausted, uh, thinking they have not heard any prophetic voice about the Messiah to come since Malachi spoke. They had fallen in, not all of the prophets uh, and religious leaders, but many of them had fallen into works-based religion. And you, then you have a political system that is out of control. Herod is in charge. Herod was a tyrant. He had nine, some say he had ten wives. He executed one of them for no apparent reason, just he was just tired of her. So we're talking about a, a major political uh, unrest time. And this is where we find ourselves in verse 5. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah. And his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations, they had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. Look at verse 6. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. In other words, we know that we are right with God by placing our faith and hope in God. And it's not by works by any stretch that that would be the case. All through the Old Testament, it's about faith in God. And Elizabeth and Zechariah, or some translations, Zacharias, have here that says that they were righteous in God's eyes. Even in the midst of a hard season, in the midst of uncertain times, they were putting their hope and trust in God. They were careful to obey all of God's commandments. And then notice here, verse 7, here's their disappointment. They had no children, which was a huge deal then, it still is, but even more so then. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. So she's had medical issues for a long time, and not only has she had medical issues that kept her from having a child, now it's beyond, beyond any hope at all. Uh, she is beyond the bearing, the bearing age. Now, you might find this interesting. I think it's God's timing on this. But look at this, the word Zacharias, you might, or Zachariah means Jehovah has remembered. I just think that's interesting. 400 years of no, no prophetic voice from a prophet, and Zechariah is still serving God in the midst of uncertain times, and his name means God has remembered. And Elizabeth means God is my oath, not something else, not having children, not putting her hope and trust in other things, but God is is my oath. In spite of the disappointment that they were in, in spite of the godlessness around them, Zechariah and Elizabeth were faithful to obey the word of God and live blamelessly. One of the things that you will find as you carry out the Advent, Advent Week challenge 
there are opportunities for you not only to embrace the reading uh, personally, but then to live it out, to let say, what does God say? Now what am I going to do about it? The idea of application. So let's talk about the nemesis of living in holy uncertainty. The nemesis of living in holy uncertainty is living with destination disease. In times of uncertainty, when things are not going the way we want them to go, our tendency can be to say, I will put my hope and trust in God when this works out, or I will be faithful to God when, and we have all this whole idea of saying one of these days, but typically one of these days means none of these days. If you're to live in holy uncertainty, it means to act upon whatever God says to. I was reading an author, and I thought this was interesting. He said, rather than hiking along the ridge line, expecting to find a destination, destination disease, I simply sat down where I was, and I enjoyed the view having already found it. Brace yourself. Could it be that the process is the product, Levi Lusco says? Stay with me. Could it be that instead of one of these days, it's going to all be fine? Could it be that God is so much at work in you and through you and around you in the midst of the uncertainty that he is doing amazing work in you, and we just need to be awakened to it and embrace it and realize that the, that the whole idea that the process really is the product. And so instead of saying one of these days, could it be that as we change our minds and say, I'm going to add the word holy in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of holy uncertainty, that God can do his best work. Holy uncertainty is the capacity to live with a very loose grip or no grip at all on our plans and more important on the outcomes of our plans. Because our security is rooted in, as you see here, in a relational connection to God. That's the process. It is this relationship with God and allowing God to work in you and around you and through you and not wait until you get to the destination. Could it be that the process really is the product? How's that for freaking your minds out? Because our society says it's all about getting somewhere. And God says, I want to do something in the midst of uncertainty. And that's when Jesus showed up, by the way. Is that not God's best job yet? And he shows up in uncertainty. And when Jesus ends up dying on the cross and there is, times are uncertain, does not God do his best work in uncertain times and creating a resurrection? It's all about this relationship with Jesus Christ. So... If you haven't gotten the first point, here's the first point. None are exempt from life's disappointing events. None of us are. We're either in uncertainty, we're moving out of uncertainty, or we're moving into uncertainty. Merry Christmas. And so why would we not want to live with a different view of life, saying, not only do I want to live, am I living in uncertainty, I want to live in holy uncertainty that gives this, 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 this supernatural God who his supernaturalness is his normal, why would I not embrace him and allow him to work 
in the uncertainty. So Elizabeth and Elijah, uh, Elisha, Zachariah, uh, had disappointing events. We see this verse 7. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. Number two, we have a choice to look up or to look out in uncertainty. Look at verse 6 and then 8 to 10. Uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. One day, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty for that week. As was the custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense, which is a huge deal to be able to, to burn incense. They would burn incense in the morning and then at night, and to be for your lot to be chosen to serve was, was amazing, but then to be able to, to burn incense and to represent uh, prayers to God, this was a huge deal. So he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord to burn incense. While the incense was being burned, a great cloud stood outside praying. Here's what I want you to realize. That God often speaks to his people in the middle of routine. So don't underestimate mundane, and I'm not saying that his prayers were mundane, but it was normal business. It was his job. It was his calling. And so our tendency sometimes can be to live with destination disease. One of these, when I get rid of here, when I graduate from here, when I pass this exam, when I uh, can finally move or whatever it is, whatever's on, on, your, on your, uh, your wish list, our tendency can be to say, I, I will embrace once I get, get there. God wants to be at work in the process. And many times, God often speaks to his people in the middle of routine. God often speaks to us in the middle of COVID, hardship, the unknown. Moses and David were, on the far, uh, were in, the, in the wilderness when God spoke to them. Uh, Moses was on the backside of the, of the desert, not on the front side. Man, you talk about being in the dumps. He was on the backside of the desert, and God spoke to him. Peter and his buddies were mending fishnets when Jesus showed up. Don't underestimate where you are right now and open your eyes to the holiness that God wants to show up in the middle of it. Don't disdain where God has you right now. I love the way uh, Warren Wearsby put it. Warren, Warren Wearsby put it. He said, it's difficult to steer a car when the engine isn't running. It's in the routine that God tends to work. Look at verse 11. While Zechariah was in, in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the incense altar. Zechariah was shaken. He was overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, Don't be afraid, Don't be afraid Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth, who is physically unable to have a child, and she's also of older age. But he says, God has heard your prayer. Your wife Elizabeth will give you a son. You're to name him John. You'll have great joy and gladness. Many will rejoice at his birth, for he'll be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will turn many Israelites to the, to the Lord their God. 
He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. He will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Talk about a pro-life passage. Oh, my word. We typically say uh, we believe in pro-life from womb to tomb. This shows the power of God even before Elizabeth isn't even carrying the child yet. And he says God had, had his name picked out. He knew exactly what he, was, what he was going to do. God had plans, and that's why we, we do parent-child dedication, that we feel like God has called these people to be parents, and God has called people to, uh, uh, to live lives. He has a calling on their life all the way to, 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 for something bigger. We always pray that God would use these children in ways to lead hundreds, if not thousands, to the Lord. And think about this. John, uh, John the Baptist is going to be a blessing, and God already has his life planned out way out in advance, has a purpose for his life, and he hasn't even been conceived yet. Incredible. Again, the supernatural is God's natural. We tend to find ourselves in uncertainty and think we have reached a, a, an area of un, uh, it's impossible. But it's when God enters in, it's his greatness, it's his, his amazing power, his supernatural power that God is acting in his natural habitat. Last, God has a much bigger plan. God has a much bigger plan. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 2.9. That is what Scripture means when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Wow. Even in uncertainty. Ephesians 3.20. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or think even in uncertainty. Genesis 50, 20. You intended to harm me. God intended it for the good to accomplish that which is being done, the saving of many lives, even in uncertainty. That was such a, a call on Joseph's life. Romans 8, 28. We know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who are called according to his purpose, even in uncertainty. Psalm 77, 14. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. But notice how Zechariah responds. Look, verse, verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, How can I be sure this will happen? I'm an old man now, and my wife is also well along in years. Smart man to not say his wife is old. He says, I'm old. My wife's just well advanced in years. Uh, but look at this. He, even in the midst of uncertainty, he looked out instead of up. And that is our tendency. That is what can so happen to us, is our tendency can be to look at circumstances, especially uncertain times, and to look out at all that's going on around us instead of looking up to the God who is a supernatural God who's supernatural in the normal. That's the whole idea of adding holiness into uncertainty, of living holy uncertain times. Well, um, 
we need to hasten on, but uh, we find out that Gabriel identifies himself, and, and, and this is a shock to Zechariah. He would, he would have known because he had read the book of Daniel, and so he knows that he's talking to one of the head honcho angels of Gabriel. And so Gabriel goes, you know, Jesus, God didn't send second-rate angels here. I'm here to tell you that God is capable of doing this. And then we see in verse 21 something happens, which is the first introduction that we've ever seen to the game of charades. Here it is. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering what's taking him so long. When he finally did come out, he couldn't speak to them. They realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have seen a vision in the sanctuary. And as we read earlier, Gabriel said, because of your unfaithfulness and your lack of belief, uh, until your son is born, uh, you will not be able to speak. When Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home, and yet again, his wife has no clue yet. So not only does this have, have this event, he finishes out his work of service in that week. He returns home. Soon afterward, Elizabeth became pregnant, who was well advanced in years. Became pregnant, went into seclusion for five months, and she said, how kind the Lord is. Wow. He's taken away my disgrace from having no children. Here's the takeaway. Whenever you have a choice of either looking up or looking out, look up. In uncertainty, the tendency is to look out because it's right in front of your face. But God is with us. God is with us. The supernatural is God's natural if we will simply embrace that. Now, before we criticize Zechariah too much because he had unbelief, I guess the question that we have to ask is, where are we in the midst of all the uncertainty around us? Whatever, whatever is, is in the front of your mind that's uncertain, how well are you looking up instead of looking out? So I want to close with our prayer focus. And in just a few minutes, you're going to want the prayer team to pray for you because the, verse, the two verses we're going to look at are going to so be helpful with your uncertainty that you're facing. And if you're online uh, on, our, uh, on our website, uh, you can uh, go right to it. Otherwise, you can text uh, 402-260-2400 and put in a prayer request. But you're going to want the prayer team to pray for you, and this is why. Listen to this. This is so good. This will be our prayer verse. It will drive our prayer team, uh, these two verses. Jeremiah 32, 17. Ah, Lord God, it is you who made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you, even in uncertainty. Nothing is too hard for you. Verse 27, I am the Lord, the God of all the peoples of the, of the world. Is anything too hard for me? Whatever you are facing, that uncertainty if you add the holiness of God if you add the supernatural God who's who it's natural for him to be supernatural look up don't look out look up there is no promise too hard for God to fulfill there is no prayer too big for God to answer there is no problem too big for God to solve 
There is no disease God cannot heal. There is no heart God cannot mend. There is no relationship God cannot restore. There is no person God cannot save. There is no chaos to which God cannot bring order. There is no anxiety to which God cannot bring peace. There is no disaster to which God cannot bring joy. There is no loss to which God cannot bring hope. There is no defeat to which God cannot bring victory. There is no death to which God cannot bring life. There is no suffering to which God cannot bring relief. There is no past that God cannot redeem. There is no sin God cannot forgive. There is no bondage cannot break. Do I need to keep going? Yes, I do. There is no need God cannot meet. There is no enemy God cannot defeat. There is no mountain God cannot move. There is nothing your God cannot do. Nothing is too hard for God. Get it? Man, why would we look out when we can look up? Because we have this supernatural God. And that is our takeaway. The supernatural is God's natural. And our prayer is that you would give your heart and your soul to Jesus Christ and you would give whatever uncertainty you're facing. Even in the midst of disappointment, God wants to work and it's in the process that really is the product. Let's pray together. Father, I pray, God, how I pray that uh, we would look up and we would not be so consumed with looking out at all that's uncertain, but we would look up to a God who is supernatural. And Father, I pray that any time this week, God, I pray any time this week that we begin to look out more than we look up, that, we, that you would tap on our mind's eye, that you would speak to us clearly. Father, we commit uh, our lives to you, and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.